Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskag Today. Coming up on today's program, now that harvest is basically complete, farmers are turning their attention to next season. Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskagToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, will join us to talk about which crops will probably be the best ones to plant next spring. As well... The Yorkton Brick Mill Heritage Society has unveiled a new fundraising project that will target farmers in the area. We'll hear from board member Tom Weir on that. And the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association reports rollovers were the most common form of fatal farm accident between 2011 and 2020, with runovers a close second. We'll hear from Colleen Drool with the Canadian Injury Prevention Centre. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of Saskag Today. Welcome back to Saskag Today. Now that harvest is basically complete, farmers are turning their attention to next season. Part of the decision-making process is looking at which crops to plant based on prices. Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskagToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, dove into the numbers to find out what are the better options. Hirsch looked at prices now compared to the same time a year ago and notes most are down but a few are a bit higher. He says the price for canola has slumped. The, the changes uh, we've seen at the beginning of this week, uh, canola now at the, at the farm gate uh, priced under $15 a bushel from what I can see. That's 4 or $5 a bushel less than a year ago. And not only is that return going to factor into decision-making, but the, the drop in price is going to reduce crop insurance price and coverage. And in some of the areas that may be seeded canola because it was a really good incentive from the, the crop insurance coverage, that's going to decline as well. So I think uh, canola is going to be a acreage loser next year uh, when you start doing the analysis unless something very dramatic changes between now and spring. Spring wheat is down over $2 a bushel compared to a year ago, and feed barley is also down by nearly $2. Barley is going to take the bigger acreage hit. Uh, China is again buying its feed barley from Australia by and large, and American corn seems well entrenched as an alternative in Alberta's feedlot alley. So upside potential for feed barley seems limited. So I think canola and feed barley are, are two that probably have reduced acreage uh, potential for next year. Hirsch says Durham wheat was one of the biggest disappointments. If you compare prices year over year, it's down only marginally from last year. But it is a big disappointment because as the, the drought took hold on the western side of Saskatchewan and in southern Alberta, 
many growers were expecting a, a repeat of 2021 when drought conditions pushed Durham uh, above $20 a bushel. And Durham did zoom up for a while, hit close to $15 a bushel, but then it steadily slipped and is now in the $13 a bushel or lower range. And and that's still a, a strong premium over spring wheat, so I don't expect the acreage will crash. It'll probably stay pretty steady. Uh, but unexpectedly, there's been large Durham exports from Turkey, and that's been pegged as one of the reasons why Durham, at least to this point, has not reached its price potential that some thought it would have earlier in the year. He says oats is one of the bright spots, with a 50 cent a bushel increase, adding if the price continues to improve, so will the acreage. Coming up, Kevin Hirsch will break down prices for pulse crops and how producers would likely interpret this information. But first, it's time for the AgReview portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, AgReview. Farm groups are calling on senators to reject any amendments to Bill C-234 coming from the Senate's Agriculture and Forestry Committee. The private member's bill, which was originally designed to remove the federal carbon price or tax from natural gas and propane used on farms for activities such as drying grain and heating barns and greenhouses, is facing a critical vote when it returns from the committee to the Senate. If the Senate as a whole accepts an amendment that was approved by the Senate Ag Committee last week to remove the carbon tax exemption for buildings, the entire bill would have to be sent back to the House of Commons, where it could be delayed indefinitely. However, if senators take the unusual step of rejecting a committee's amendment, the original bill could be presented for third and final reading in the Senate, the last step before receiving royal assent. Supply and demand estimates for Canadian grains and oilseeds saw little change in the latest outlook for principal field crops from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada released Monday. Canola ending stocks for 2023-24 were left unchanged at 1 million metric tons, which compares with the 2022-23 level of 1.506 million metric tons. Canadian canola exports in 2023-24 were forecast to be down by about 3% on the year at 7.7 million metric tons, with domestic usage relatively steady at 10 million tons. Wheat ending stocks for 2023-24 were left unchanged at 3.6 million metric tons, which would be down only slightly from the 3.658 million ton carryout from the previous crop year. Projected Canadian wheat exports of 21.3 million metric tons compared with 25.666 million in 2022-23. The pulse and special crops only saw minor adjustments, with projected P-ending stocks for 2023-24 left unchanged at 275,000 metric tons, while lentils were lowered by 50,000 metric tons to only 100,000 tons. That compares with carryout of 498,000 metric tons for peas in 2022-23 and 147,000 metric tons for lentils. Things are quiet right now on the chickpea front, but that could change in a few weeks. That's according to Jake Hansen of Midwest Grain in Moose Jaw. 
While he says chickpea purchases by exporters have slowed down in recent weeks, chickpea prices have gone up in all varieties compared to one year ago. Prices for Kabuli chickpeas, sized 8 millimeters or larger, increased anywhere between 2.3 and 7.8 cents per pound to a range between 48 and 57.8 cents per pound delivered, according to Prairie Ag Hotwire as of Monday. 8 millimeter Kabulis went up 4 cents a pound in price from last week and 5.3 cents per pound from last month. Kabulis measuring 7 millimeters went up in price by 3.8 cents per pound to a range of 34 to 39.8 cents. Desi number no. 1 chickpeas rose by 10 cents a pound to between 36.5 and 40 cents, while B90 number no. 1 prices went up 3.8 cents per pound to a range of 37.8 to 39.8 cents. Ontario Provincial Police say one person has died after what they describe as a farming fatality that happened just outside of London, Ontario. Police say officers responded to a rural property in Thames Centre after a report of an incident involving a farm vehicle. OPP say, quote, as the result of a mishap in a woodlot, a person operating a tractor was pronounced dead at the scene. Officials say no charges will be laid and that the investigation is complete. The Manitoba Ag-X will celebrate its 50th year when it opens today at the Keystone Centre in Brandon. Mark Humphreys, general manager of the Provincial Exhibition, says this year's event will feature the largest collection of livestock entries in years. Manitoba Ag-X is the largest all-breeds cattle show in Manitoba, attracting exhibitors and visitors from all over the Prairie Provinces. Students across Brandon, meanwhile, will get the chance to learn more about agriculture with Moo Mania, an event that offers hands-on educational opportunities for grades 3, 4 and 5 students. And be sure to listen to the latest Sask Ag Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will continue right after this. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and minus 7 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. Now we're back with Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor of saskagtoday.com, who crunched the numbers on crop prices and how that can influence seeding intentions for next spring. Before the Ag Review, he looked at prices for canola, spring wheat, durum wheat, feed barley and oats. Most were down compared to the same time a year ago, except for oats. Now we're on to pulse crops. And Hirsch notes they're a mixed bag. Yellow field peas uh, at uh, about $10 a bushel are down about a couple of dollars compared to a year ago. So they're, they're not looking as uh, attractive. But green peas are, are over $15 a bushel. And so I expect to see some switch from yellow peas to green peas. And then there's a specialty pea called maple peas, and they're, they're riding high at a price of around $25 a bushel. 
they, uh, because seed will be so expensive and seed availability may be an issue and, and that crop can go from boom to bust because it's a minor acreage specialty pea, it's hard to know what will happen with maple pea acreage, how much that might increase and how much of a viable opportunity that is. But I expect to see a, a continued switch from yellow to green peas given that strong price differential and that's likely also to happen with lentils, where red lentils are 36 or 37 cents a pound. That's up a little bit, a couple of three cents as compared to last year at this time. But large green lentils have been around 63 cents a pound. And that's 13 or 14 cents a pound above a year ago. And other green lentil classes are, are also quite strong. So I would expect more green lentils to go in the ground in 2024. Maybe a slight increase in reds as well, but certainly there will be a bias towards green lentils given that kind of price signal at this point. He says flax at $17 a bushel is down over $2 from last year, and he doesn't expect additional acres of that crop as a result. Canary seed is about the same year over year at around 45 cents a pound. While there's a lot of information to process, Hirsch says it will be interpreted differently from farmer to farmer. Well, everybody makes their own decisions and, and not all crops are uh, adapted to all areas or a, a viable alternative. What some producers, especially in the specialty crops, will look for is where new crop contract prices come out. This is especially true of mustard, where a lot of that crop is contracted. And it, in recent years, has been the crop where contract prices for new crop come out the earliest. I would expect them to be out sometime in the next couple of weeks. And so the contract prices are a better indicator of, of where some of the buyers are committed to buying you know, the new crop at. So looking at current prices can be deceptive because prices can change between between now and then. But Certainly, as the, the winter proceeds and, and the price directions producers see uh, will certainly be affecting their, their cropping plans as they do their, their cropping budgets for the new year. And the numbers he compiled came from a few different sources. South Ministry of Ag, if you go on their website, uh, they have uh, a pretty good lineup of some of the, most of the current prices. And there's various sources you can use and market newsletters so that you can go back in history and look at what prices were a year ago. Uh, sometimes it's a little surprising. Your memory fails you as to where prices were actually at one year ago. You remember some of the highs and the lows, but you don't necessarily remember where things were at uh, a year ago. I didn't remember that uh, canola was actually over $19 a bushel at, at this time last year. But the, the, the relative direction of these prices and, and the sentiment as to what's profitable and, and what's looking good certainly can change over time. And I think that canola and barley is uh, the two that I would peg at this point to lose favor in, in acreage for 2024. That's Kevin Hirsch with SaskAgToday.com. Livestock Market Conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for December closed at 179.42 today. That's up 80. February live cattle closed at 181.50, up 65. November feeder cattle closed at 238.05, up 262. 
January feeder cattle closed at 236.55, up 170. December lean hogs closed at 67.50, up 112. February lean hogs closed at 70.70, that's up 122. And that's the livestock market conditions. The Yorkton Brick Mill Heritage Society has unveiled a new fundraising project that will target farmers in the area. Board member Tom Weir says it's to help make the Yorkton Flour Mills Interpretive Centre a reality. We're just in the process of rolling out a program that is targeted for farmers and uh, farmers that want to have their farm recognized in the new interpretive center facility that we're building adjacent to the to the mill he explains how the program works well the idea is based i guess the thoughts behind it over the years uh, we've the last couple of years we've been doing tours at the mill and and one of the common comments that uh, comes back is that well i was here with my dad or my grandfather delivering wheat and picking up flour and so with, I guess, that and, and Yorkton's strong tie to, the, to agriculture, we decided that uh, there's an opportunity out there for farmers that want to have their farms recognized, probably based on past patronage with the mail, that we would uh, offer them a chance to have a, a framed photo of their farm and a, a short write-up on their farm displayed in the interpretive center and for that opportunity we're asking for a contribution of five thousand dollars so the other thing that we're doing with this is that farmers will have the opportunity to deliver grain to the uh, to the local elevators we're targeting about a 60 mile radius of uh, yorkton and to make the contribution through grain deliveries and, and this takes us back to the days of the 60s, uh, 70s maybe, where because of wheat board rules, farmers had the opportunity to deliver 50, 80 bushels of, of wheat to a mill and then pick up the equivalent uh, amount of flour from that mill. So this sort of takes us back to that. It's called a grist. It takes us back to that era. Weir tells us which elevators are on board with the fundraiser. We've talked to the, the management of, of a number of elevators, and they're all so far on side. So it, it's basically uh, this week we're going to be rolling out the promotional material and the actual sign-off forms and stuff to the elevators. Viterra is on board, uh, Richardson, the, the Crushers in, in Yorkton, P&H, Cargill. So, you know, the broad gamut of the, of the elevators in the area that are growers would deliver to. He says producers can make one donation or several smaller contributions over the course of the crop year to reach their donation total. That's right and if they don't want to deliver at all they just want to write a uh, a check for five thousand dollars of course we'll accept that too. The other option is if a grower can't see the five thousand if they contribute three thousand dollars we will have a recognition sign up that will uh, recognize their their part of the the fundraising campaign 
Weir notes that everyone who donates will receive a tax-deductible receipt. Yes, that's right. We're a charitable, registered charity, so uh, we will issue tax receipts. So, yeah, so I mean, it's exciting opportunities. The other thing that we are are offering growers is is if if they're no longer in the farming business but were and have pictures, aerial photo of their farm or something like this, we would again accept a five thousand dollar contribution and put a copy of of their picture up on the on the wall as well with again the write up. And the other thing is if if people don't have a photo, uh, I mean what we'll do is if they have you know the quintessential farm photo that's in every uh, living room or, or dining room of farms across the province, the aerial photo of their farmstead or something like that, we can access the aerial photos at a very reasonable cost. So if a, if a grower doesn't have the photo, we can access it. And what we'll do is we'll scan these and make copies of them that we'll put up. So we aren't going to per se take the photo off your wall and hang it. Uh, we'll, we'll take it make a digital copy, and then get the picture and the frame framing done. He also provides an update on how construction work on the Flour Mill Interpretive Centre is going. Yes, some initial groundwork has done. We have removed the, uh, the rail spur that went just uh, south of the, the mill. We've removed half that and the ties and have that leveled. So we're just, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start getting some foundation work, I guess, the, the uh, getting piles put in the ground and, and uh, the grade beam and stuff like that installed. Uh, so we're, we're slightly behind where we wanted to be. There was a bit of a, a communication issue with the architect and, uh, and getting the permitting and stuff like that, and it sat on somebody's desk for a bit a bit of time but we're we have it now and so we're we're trying to get things done before freeze up uh although looking out today we've we've got to start running and uh so we'll get that and plans are to to continue the the work through the winter and we're made this final appeal i think uh, you know the the big takeaway is i know there's a lot of farmers uh farms in the, in the area that feel an attachment to the Mail, uh, you know, in the 60s and 70s, bygone days. And so this is an opportunity to help us to tell the story of the mill to the future generations and also an opportunity for the farms to be recognized in a, in a uh, public place uh, for the work that they're doing now or, or their family has done in the past to uh, contribute to the uh, Yorkton community. And for more information on how to donate to the Yorkton Flour Mill Interpretive Centre, send an email to admin at yorktonflourmill.ca or you can simply call or text Dave Harris at 306-621-4090. Please stay tuned. I'll have your commodities update coming up right after these messages. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. 
Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up across the board today. November canola closed at 678.10, that's up 60 cents. January canola closed at 693.90, up $4.10. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 7.20 and 3 quarters, that's down 7 and a half cents. December Kansas City wheat closed at 649 per bushel, down 14 cents. December Chicago wheat closed at 568 and a half, down 12 cents. December corn closed at 480 per bushel, down 4 cents. November soybeans closed at 1288 and a quarter, down 7 cents. December oats closed at 393 and a quarter, that's up 3 and a half cents. And that's the Commodities Update. As you heard earlier this week, there is widespread support for a private member's bill introduced by a Liberal MP from Nova Scotia. Cody Bloys is the chair of the Commons Agriculture Committee and is sponsoring Bill C-359, which would amend the Feeds Act, Seeds Act and Pest Control Products Act. Basically, it would speed up the approval of new products that are already being used in other countries. Dave Carey is the Vice President of Government and Industry Relations with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. The bill essentially seeks to provide uh, a way to kind of expedite provisional approvals for things that are regulated under the Canada Feeds Act, the Seeds Act, and the Pest Control Products Act. So, in a nutshell, I think the reason you're seeing the support is that it really benefits all sections of agriculture. Uh, and really, the bill is designed to not to undermine or change, uh, you know, the environmental and health sort of protections that, that our regulators go through. Um, but we have seen that Canada has had a major delay or a lag in approving new products and new technologies uh, because of uh, our, you know, whether it's too much red tape, uh, bureaucracy, or not enough funding for some of our regulatory agencies. Uh, and we're seeing products get uh, commercialized uh, in other in other jurisdictions and getting in the hands of farmers and uh, in, in a much more timely way than, than here in Canada. So what Mr. Bloys, what Cody's bill intends to do is to say, if there's a you know a feed uh, or a seed variety, you know, maybe it's gene edited or a pest control product that is approved in two trusted jurisdictions, that it should get a provisional registration and approval for 90 days here in Canada. Let the regulators look at the you know the information that, that was sort of the basis of those scientific decisions in a market, say, the United States or Australia, probably the two best examples. And to use the information that other regulators have used to come to a, a positive uh, registration and, and approval decision and apply that here in Canada. The concept really is uh, a tool known particularly by, by the term incorporation by reference, which is that our own regulations should be able to look at other like-minded countries' regulations and, and where appropriate adopt some of the information and decision and scientific merits and criteria into our own decision-making so that a product could potentially be in the hands of farmers in three to six months instead of three to four years. But he's not sure which countries Canada would consider as trusted jurisdictions. The private member's bill is silent on that, and, and Cody did speak at the press conference about that specifically, that uh, you know, in his role as parliamentarian, uh, he's not a scientist. Uh, his view, and I think our view of the bill, is it provides a sort of legislative pathway so that our regulators 
and determine, uh, you know, who those trusted jurisdictions are. The United States and Australia are certainly two that come to mind. We work closely with them, uh, very similar sort of uh, systems and approval processes. Um, and they're also, you know, well-respected and well-regarded through international organizations like Codex. So I don't think Cody wanted to prescribe which jurisdictions would be considered trusted. I think when you look from a modern agriculture perspective, particularly from a canola perspective, uh, the United States and Australia would certainly be the top of that. But there would be certainly be Latin and South American countries, uh, perhaps United Kingdom and other jurisdictions where we know that they're going through a scientific rigorous process and and that those decisions should be uh, taken into account so that we can expedite our own decision making process. Kerry provides an example of delays in the past. We have seen uh, the United States uh, and in Australia commercializing gene-edited varieties of, uh, of canola. Uh, in Canada, we're just now consulting on the third leg of our Plants with Novel Traits stool, which is uh, any variety in Canada has to go through uh, CFIA feeds, CFIA environmental release, and Health Canada food. Uh, we're just now finally consulting on feed. However, we have seen uh, that other jurisdictions like the United States and, and Australia and Japan most of Latin and South America uh, have clear pathways for commercialization. So the big concern that we have is that Canada will be viewed as a jurisdiction for which it's very difficult to, to make the sort of the corporate case to invest in Canada because it's very difficult to know the timelines, the processes, and the cost to commercialize a new gene-edited variety, for example. When we get uh, you know the final leg of this done, that will improve it somewhat. But the United States, Japan... Again, Australia have clear rules for gene editing and have had for quite some time. So when you add that all together, just it makes we're seeing farmers in Australia and the United States get access to varieties which could not be brought to Canada this time because there's no path to commercialization. So companies are, are reluctant to invest in uh, here in our domestic marketplace. And he hopes that the fact that Cody Bloys is a Liberal MP makes it more likely to see the private member's bill pass. We would certainly make a case that I think Cody's a very common sense uh, individual, very focused uh, on the agriculture sector. Certainly, I would say Cody's a champion of agriculture, both the, uh, how we how you know a bill like this, as well as his role as the, the chair of the Standing Cody in Agriculture. Um, I, I imagine what uh, what Cody's hoping to do is um, it's not just about the bill passing. Like success for, for this initiative is not just Bill C three five nine getting royal assent. It's it's the fact that we have a fall economic statement coming up. We have budget 2024 on the horizon. There's the ability of the government to take action on some of the uh, on some of the parts of this bill without actually passing the bill. So I think, of course, we'd love to see this bill passed in, in, in its entirety. But I think we're also going to parlay it into, again, raising focus on these issues, being able to point to some common sense legislation that the government of the day could take action on doing through a Budget Implementation Act or supplementary estimates. There's a lot of tools at the government's disposal, and I think what Bill C-359 does is kind of provide a, a, a spotlight on why it's important, and I think that's why you saw today us in the Canadian Federation of Agriculture and Grain Growers of Canada and Canadian Cattle Association the Fruit and Vegetable Growers all standing arm-in-arm arm saying this is a good piece of legislation. The merits of this are important. Um, so I think Cody certainly uh, has introduced a bill that uh, I hope will receive, you know, multipartisan support and we'll certainly be advocating for that you know we support good policies regardless of which party brings it forward uh, and the same is true for bad policy regardless of which which party brings it forward but uh, i know cody will be speaking to uh, the relevant you know critics and shadow ministers within the, the bloc conservatives and ndp to, to to get their support and i'm sure he'll be working on support from his own caucus and we plan to be there to help support in any way we can 
That's Dave Carey. He is the Vice President of Government and Industry Relations with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will return in one minute's time. Farm Bulletin Board. A reminder once again that the 34th Annual Grain Millers Harvest Showdown in Yorkton is coming up November 1st to the 4th. That's next week already. There will be a trade show, a grain show, a forage show, a pedigreed seed show, breeder's alley, cattle show and sale, chore team competition, horse pulls, ranch rodeo, stock dog competition, school tours, 4-H clinics, a senior supper and dance, mutton busting, professional bull riding, as well as two different cabarets. So that's all coming up November 1st to the 4th in Yorkton. And of course, for that bull riding, that runs November 3rd and 4th at 7 o'clock at the Gallagher Centre in Yorkton. You do need to purchase tickets for that event. Otherwise, the trade show itself is free to attend down at the uh, exhibition grounds here in Yorkton. Clean Farms is collecting unwanted agricultural pesticides as well as old obsolete livestock and equine medications this week. The nonprofit organization, funded by crop protection companies, provides the free service on a rotating basis across the country. This time it's southern Saskatchewan's turn. Twenty collection events are being held at various local ag retailers. That includes today at Synergy Ag in Balcaris, tomorrow at Richardson Pioneer in Grenfell, and Friday at the Parish in Heimbecker in Mooseman. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's coming up on 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly sunny, winds northwest at 10 to 20, and a high of minus 2 degrees. For tonight, a few clouds, winds west-northwest at 10 to 20, a low of minus 10. For tomorrow, sunny, winds west-northwest at 15 to 25, a high of minus 3, an overnight low of minus 8. For Friday, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries, winds west at 10 to 20, a high of minus 3. For Saturday, a 40% chance of light snow and flurries with some minor accumulation, a high of minus 3. And for Sunday, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries, a high of minus 2. In the Paw and Show Lake Russell, it's minus 3 degrees. Swan River is at minus 4. Dauphin and Brandon, minus 2. Roblin, minus 6. Regina is at minus 9 degrees. Saskatoon, minus 5. Hudson Bay, minus 3. Broadview Mooseman, Winyard Wadena Kelvington minus 6, Indian Head minus 8. The Yorkton Melville region has a cloudy sky, a northwest wind at 13 kilometers an hour. 82% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 7 degrees. 
With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 12 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskag today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.